This is Phoenix FM. Not Out, sponsored by Shepherd Neen, proud supporters of cricket in Essex. Evening everyone, welcome along to 98 Not Out, brought to you of course in association with Shepherd Neem and we thank them for their kind support and sponsorship of the show. How are you doing Brett? I'm good, I'm good of course, hopefully you catch us in the local area, Brentwood and Billericay on 98 FM. If not, we're on the internet, if you uh, go, on, go on to Phoenix FM or you can use the app as well, the app's back up and running now. Yep, and we've already got um, Chrissy Bench from Essex Cricket has just texted me to say she's listening in. Is so unusual for Chris not to be out on the gin this time of night? Well, she's probably getting ready, she's probably yeah, doing all of her, yeah. you know... Yeah, getting ready for the weekend. Uh, and don't forget, we'd like you to join us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just look for 98 Not Out. Join in with the conversation. Uh, we'll mention you as the evening goes along. Yeah, and it's, it's good to see that more and more of you are getting involved across all these formats. It's really good to get interaction and, uh, and just your thoughts on what we're posting and what we're talking about. So keep it coming. And we will, if, if you're posting while we're on air... We will give you a shout. We'll have to get a social media intern soon. Yeah. Make the tea, bit of social media. It'd be well, great. Well, Andy, while he's waiting. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm, I'm not sure Andy's going to be the man for that one. We want to respond, to, we want to respond within the hour, really. <laughs> um, right, so. Um, Big day, wasn't it? Third test? Third test. Uh, hotly anticipated after the um, heroics uh, in Cape Town last week. We've had a bit of a break. Two um, good test matches so far in the series. Fantastic. Wasn't it? And off we went to Port Elizabeth. I mean, getting Port Elizabeth looked lovely. The, the, the scenery and blue oh, skies. Yeah. Um, I, I was uh, exchanging messages with a few people that would, would manage to get it because it's quite a long way on yeah. from Cape Town. I think yeah, when you get trip. in this country, you don't realise the scale of other places in yeah. South Africa, especially. Um, but yeah, and it was really hot down there as well. And not the usual, because it's near the sea, you usually get a breeze coming in. It did look like a day for being in the sea rather than <laughs> on the cricket, but there you go. Uh, England started really, really well, though. Crawley and Sibley, they batted till lunch unbeaten. It was a slow pitch. I mean, the pitch yeah. looked interesting. Everyone's been talking about it. Um, they did the right thing to bat on it. I think, you know, looking at how it was, you wouldn't want to be bowling first. No, they, they definitely, you know, they, they took. They, they looked at the wicket, had a good look. It was a slowish start, really. I mean, England poodling along at two and over. Got to lunch. I think they were fifty-four for naught at lunch, something like that. So was that too um, slow? Do you think? I, I thought, actually, you know, maybe a bit more. Actually, maybe sixty. But it was about two and over. Something it like wasn't that, yeah. going on at a great rate. Um, it was hard. Um, it was hard going. They struggled against Maharaj, especially. I think one point they bowled nineteen overs for twenty-two runs. Yeah. Um, really did struggle. Um, After lunch, the one surprise was they didn't open the bowling with Rabada. Don't which, know why they did that. Which was, I think, probably a bit of a mistake in the end. But they've done really, really well, England. And then just after lunch, um, Rabada bowled a really good spell. They, they bowled to a plan as well. Yeah, that field setting. Leg side field. I don't think a, a 3 6 uh, um, offside to leg side field at one point. Um, and they got both Crawley and Simply. Um, I want to say chipping balls in. They were hitting half volleys. Um, I think Sibley will be a little bit more upset than Crawley with his one. Sibley, I think, saw the trap and he 
went across and fell into it a little bit. Crawley just creamed the half volley, and what a great catch! Yeah, um, it was. So you know, he's, you know, he parried it with his right hand, yeah, didn't he? Parried he it up and then took it. It was really was a very very good catch. Um, and then you know, England sort of got going a little bit again with Root there, a bit of you know movement again after um, Crawley was out, and then. I think then he just got into this. He just got stuck, didn't he? He just got stuck, and he wasn't sure how to play the spinner. And in the end, just misjudged one. And it, they, they, it was a good appeal. They, they went upstairs. Uh, South yeah. Africans thought it hit the bat, uh, the pad rather than the bat, and they proved right. And um, difficult that was the one. End of- I think Kevin Peterson couldn't help himself on commentary, could he? You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you're right. I think Denley. Uh, I mean, he's what? Uh, he said about a year in this side or so. Still K- finding his feet. KP brought something up, which was interesting. He says that Denley's been tasked to take up 100 balls of the innings. Doesn't matter how many runs he scores, he's been tasked to take up 100 balls of an innings. At whatever cost to the school, to the scoreboard. Don't score runs, Take up just take up 100 balls, whatever. Maybe, but see, all that does, in my opinion, is it just creates a different kind of pressure. That, yeah, you, you, you know, can't... Time is ticking by, and then when the inevitable collapse comes, you don't have any runs yeah, on the they, board. Yeah, they just rather let the spinner bowl at them, didn't they, for that period. Yeah. It, it was really difficult. And then Joe Root, I've seen a lot of people say the ball skidded, the ball stayed low... I'm not sure. I thought we done got done for a bit of pace. It did skid on a little bit, but they was expecting it to do that. That's yeah. why they've picked Mark Wood, so the batsman would have known that was going to happen. I just think Rabard had done him for a bit of pace. Yeah, he, got, he, he, he found a little bit it. of extra, and it did stay skid. It did stay a bit low, but Root, when you watch it again, yeah, Root was just late on it. Agreed. He was just late on it, and he cleaned him up. 140 something for four, wasn't it? 148 for four or something. England looked in big trouble. Um, but then Pope and Ben Stokes, they got together, they got the scoreboard moving. Um, 80 runs, I think it did kind of put it into perspective with the other people in that they got 80 runs um, inside the last session. Yeah, um, and some really good And when I say 80 well. runs inside the last session, I think the last, um, when they took the new ball at 80 overs, um, England were 220, so they didn't score many runs in the last 10 overs either. Hmm. Whose day was it? Was it? Would you say? I think England have just just edged it. Um, it's it's difficult because I mean they were slow through the day, but I think once Ollie Pope and and Stokesy kind of got comfortable, and there was some lovely. There's a great picture on the BBC uh, web. In fact, I think it's on a few websites of um, of Ollie Pope square cutting in midair. Yeah, Did you see really that? good picture. Yeah, um, I think the Barmy Army tweeted it out as Pope hair. Um, it's quite good. It, Alex, it was, Alex Showman has just texted in from South Africa. How are you doing, Alec? Um, he is saying that Pope can seriously... He's put prey, but I think he means play. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I think you're right. And, you know, and that's from a South African fan as well. I, uh, I think South Africa will be would have been really pleased at 140-odd for four and then be really disappointed by the end of the day. Yeah, and, and clearly now the first session tomorrow is is key, isn't it? They don't get a wicket in the first session, then I think South Africa. Anything over 350 is yeah. going to be very, very competitive on that. I think, they'll, from England's point of view, they'll, they'll be thinking, we need to get 350. If they can get 400 or north of 400, then they're big time in the a- box seat. Anything over 400 in South Africa, especially as tomorrow looks like it's going to be the best day for batting. Yeah. It looks like there's a bit of weather around thereafter. Um, so it could be a bit on and off. 
Mark Wood on that wicket. Mark Wood was picked specifically for this Definitely. pitch, and the pitch will suit Mark Wood a lot. It'll be interesting to see how he bowls on that. I think Broadie will be licking his lips at this one yeah, as well, wouldn't he? He yeah. really will. It will. Um, it will be funny. I think it was. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was on commentary. I think it might have been Mark Nicholas. He said he passed Chris Woods and Joffre Archer, who, who neither looked overly disappointed that they wasn't uh, <laughs> that they wasn't necessarily picked for it. I think as it goes on, it will get harder and harder to bat on. Only thing I'll say. This is very reminiscent of now. Let's wind the clock back to the beginning of the New Zealand Test tour, and uh, and day one at Dunedin was it? And it had been a very similar sort of day with England patiently batting, and uh, we were all thinking, okay, yeah. this is this is a New England. You know, they've rediscovered Test match cricket. Let's just hope that they can go on tomorrow. What I don't want to see is three twenty all out South Africa <laughs> two hundred for one at the close. Yeah. Exactly, which it might well be. Begin as you say. Well, that's the great thing about cricket. Until both sides have batted on it, you're never you're never going to be too sure. Test match, yeah, cricket, and that's, and that's the way it should be. Absolutely. So, talking of test match cricket, the MCC have issued a statement regarding the subject of the shortened test matches, and both the cricket committee and the World Cricket Committee believe that test matches should continue over five days, despite noting the possible benefits of four day games. It now appears that the all-powerful BCCI is also opposing five-day tests. Uh, they met with Cricket Australia in Mumbai this week. Yeah, I think everybody in principle is against five-day tests. However, I think they're also interested in looking at the possibility of four-day tests, certainly against the lower test-playing nations. I think it comes down to costs. I don't think this is necessarily about the game itself or what Test Match Cricket represents, but it's just how... Clearly, this is getting expensive for countries or nations to put on. I, I guess at the end of the day, broadcasters are only going to cover test matches if they can sell revenue and sell it to other countries. That That's the simple fact of it. Uh, as we say, we, the island v Sri Lanka, island going to, to Sri Lanka was yeah, cancelled because, really and truthfully, who else was going to pay for it? Who wants to watch test match cricket between Sri Lanka and Ireland? Test match cricket isn't big with Sri Lankans. Right. Let us... Be honest to Ireland, unless it's in Ireland, you know, the you might get some people wanting to watch it in Ireland. So yeah, they could have sold it to Ireland. Was Sky Sports going to run it all day on a dedicated cricket channel? I doubt it very much. Today was telling as well. Yeah. Did you notice the crowd at, um, at Port Elizabeth? Yeah, it wasn't huge. It was mostly English as well. Yeah. It was mostly travelling. So, you know, when you look at it, as, as Nick Holt said on last week's show, um, when you look at it from an England point of view, you can't see the problem because every Test match you see where England are playing, there's a huge following home or away but as you say Ireland against Sri Lanka um, West Indies against I don't know but the other side of that is is you know is um, is having four day cricket really going to change the thing they've still got you know they're still going to have the expense of showing it are people it's going to be longer days are people still going to buy it? they're not buying five day cricket are they going to buy four day cricket really no, I don't think, know uh, I, th I think this seems to me to be something that they've just thrown out there just to see what the reaction is going to be. And it seems... To, I can't find too many people... There are, there are one or two that have sat on the fence with it and said, well, you know, I can see the benefits or whatever, as the MCC have sort of chucked in in their small print. But generally, when you hear players uh, and important figures in the game... Um, 
I've just looked. You, you've not. You've not. Pressed, you've not printed out the latest show plan, have you? The one I sent back to you. No, I told you. I told you. I was. I was just heading out. I thought you was printing it here. Oh dear. <laughs> well, oh, that's that, that's that's all fun, isn't it? You've taken some of my. Bit. I'm looking. At something. I think I made some more notes here, Darren. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? I'm. I'm going to have to dig it out on my phone now, aren't I? <laughs> Things you make me do. Um, but I think you know this. Whether this, whatever comes of this, but and you've got, as you say, there was the the MCC statement, the BCCI have met with Cricket Australia this week. There's another meeting when uh, the MCC International Committee go out um, as part of the sort of pre-season uh, preparations, and I think that's in Sri Lanka, isn't it? You've got the. Um I think it'll be telling when the smaller nations start talking about it. Mm. What will happen with the, in a sense, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, the West Indies? Yeah, New Zealand maybe will they be a bit more well, in favour of yeah, it? Yeah, that's an interesting one, New Zealand, isn't it? Because yeah, I mean, that, that, it could be, it could go that way a bit more in favour of it. Um, back a bit to England, and yeah. um, a few people are leaving the tour. Uh, Jack Leach's tour of South Africa is over. He hasn't been able to get 100% fit, said Chris Silverwood. Uh, Leach has been battling sepsis, <laughs> gastroenteritis, gastroenteritis, and flu. On top uh, of yeah, he also has Crohn's disease. Um, they did put out a statement saying that they're going to miss his infectious behaviour, which, <laughs> which I think wasn't the greatest of uh, statements to give out. Um, and Jimmy Anderson has got a broken rib. Yeah, it's the most painful yeah. he's ever felt on a cricket field. I mean, that, that's that's just everyone thought it was an intercostal muscle, and he's actually broken a rib. So I don't know how long he's going to be out for with that. I've never heard of a bowler breaking a rib before. No, side strains. Well, I'll popular. rephrase it. I have heard of a bowler breaking a rib. It just wasn't bowling. It was usually in a fight down the alley after going out. After allegedly. Club out. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of never heard of a bowler breaking a rib in a game. Mm, so it is a new one. At Jimmy's age, you've got to wonder, is this the point where, you know, the injuries... He's done so well. I mean, I know he had obviously the problem with the back, but he's been so reliable since then. The th- I mean, it- the thing, that's the amazing thing about his career that you know he's you you, hear, you quite often see batsmen having a sort of a fifteen-year-plus career, um, and maybe you can slide down the order to try and sort of hide your age and the effects of it. But a frontline bowler to keep going over such a consistent, prolonged period of time. Fast bowling is hard work. Mm. He's a- Damn hard work. You put a lot of pressure, a lot of strain on your body. 37 years old, coming up yeah. to 30, or 39 years old, is he? He's not, um, I don't know, not necessarily going to recover from it that quickly, is he? I think they're, they're at some point, and I'm not saying it's going to be imminent, but there will come a point where he's going to face a battle of body and mind. Yeah. Um, and Does it's going to take someone to put their arm around him. Yeah. yeah. I think he'll know. He'll, he'll probably know himself that it may be, it might be the time. He's going to call it. We'll see. Uh, ben Stokes' mantelpiece. <laughs> uh, yeah, ben Stokes has had to build a new mantelpiece. There's no doubt about it. Or a very big trophy cabinet. Uh, he's now the ICC Player of the Year as well. Yeah. Um, and they said that was for all forms because he was so good in all forms of cricket. There were a few other people who had a good shout. Really, it was an interesting. I mean, on the, the sort of general awards tally, it was quite. There were a lot of newish or new names yeah. or surprise names on there, but you can't argue with them. Um, no, Lavishange could argue twelve hundred odd runs in a debut. 
across all formats. Across all formats, he only played. He didn't even play the whole year, did he? Didn't even start playing the year in Australia. How many runs would he have got if he'd have played the Australian summer as well? What was it north of nine hundred in this uh, test? Yeah, something like that, wasn't it? Eleven hundred and something odd runs in the calendar year, and I think he only played like ten tests or something. So Ben Stokes' year, so it's capped with ICC Player of the Year. We've had BBC Sports Personality of the Year, obviously the World Cup. He's won everything, hasn't he? I mean, and quite rightly too. Um, although Wisden kept him off the front cover, didn't they? And put yes, on if, there. You, if you look at our Facebook page, you'll see I posted it up there. So yeah, the Wisden, very prestigious thing of they being were, on the front cover. They could have done two things. I mean, they, that is two of the ultimate iconic images ever of cricket, or they will be ever of cricket. There'll be those images that you always remember from everywhere. But you'll, you'll remember the, you know. The Ben Stokes celebration with both arms in the oh, air. Yeah. You know, you'll remember the Joss Butler run out, the Freddie Flintoff down on one knee kind of celebration and stuff like that. There, there will be things like that that you kind of remember. And um, Bob Willis. Yeah, the Bob Willis. The, Wheeling the, off. Yeah. The, uh, the Shane Warne ball of the century, that sort of thing. So there will be those kind of things that you remember. But we're rattling on. Yeah, let's uh, let's get a bit of music on, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got a, we've got an interview, haven't we? Yeah, we have. The captain has spoken, so we're looking forward to, uh, to chatting to Ryan Tender Scarlett in with the us. next section. Bit of King Tubby. Never more apt than with us two, King Tubby.
Reggae Revival on Phoenix FM. 98 Not Out, sponsored by Shepherd Neen, proud supporters of cricket in Essex. Thought I'd give you a little plug there, Darren. Oh, you're a lovely man. Yep, so if you like that kind of music, um, many of you will know that I do my other show separate to this one, Reggae Revival, which has been going out for the last few weeks, two till four on a Sunday. Um, I was covering while Vicky Michelle... Uh, was doing pantomime. Um, she's back. Oh no, she wasn't. Well done. Uh, she's back this Sunday, so my show is. Oh yes, mo- she is. <laughs> <laughs> Buttons. Vicky's um, back this Sunday, so my show is moving. Oh, it has moved actually now uh, to Wednesdays, ten till midnight. Do, do we just rename Phoenix FM on a Wednesday the Darren Mutu night? Well, exactly. Because we're also on the move, aren't we? We are moving. Ninety-eight Night Out is moving. Um, so we will be here next Thursday as normal But the week after that We are moving to Wednesdays 7 to 8 So make a note, Wednesdays 7 to 8 Of course you'll still be able to get uh, 98 Night Out and Reggae Revival on the podcast but, Now um, a few cads out there Might point out that was the uh, Part of another well known show On this radio station And we're taking out We're not looking We wasn't looking particularly <laughs> to take their spot uh, unfortunately, I have a new job now, and that does mean I'm going to be working exactly. every Thursday night going forward. Uh, so me doing and I shows can't do it a, without Brett. Me doing shows on a Thursday would have been a bit, tri- bit tricky. So Wednesdays are a bit easier for me at the moment. I'm sure when Wednesdays are busy, we'll move to a Tuesday, then a Monday, and then yeah, who knows? Then we'll just have to do it via radio links whenever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so that's why it's moving. There's no other reason for it than that. So uh, we are looking forward to doing Wednesday. It's a little bit later as well on a Wednesday. Yeah, seven to eight. So, so maybe um, you know, it might be a bit easier for people to listen to they will have got home and sort the kids out and yeah, whatever else and have uh, a bit of dinner you know and away sit down and uh, listen to us falling asleep well nothing can better than listening to us <laughs> and falling asleep on the settee exactly exactly so apparently care homes are running us every week now to help the residents sleep it's great <laughs> Yes. Fantastic. Uh, so what was you up to uh, earlier on this week? I've got to apologise. I was meant to come with you and hold your hand, uh, but I, I, I got a, a, a tad waylaid um, coming down here from uh, home and I had to get into work and do, deal with some problems in work. And um, you, you managed to catch up with... Uh, who did you catch up with? Well, because of all this new um, sort of radio stuff that I'm doing, I'm learning new tricks all the time. My latest one is how to actually record interviews, edit them and download them to the system. So this week... Um, massive, massive pleasure to introduce or to interview Essex's Red Bull captain, the one and only Ryan Tenderscarter. Oh, club captain, actually. Club really. captain, yeah, yes. exactly. It's my pleasure now to welcome on the telephone line uh, Ryan Tenderscarter, Essex captain. Ryan, how's it going? Hi, Darren. Yeah, all good. Uh, nice to be back in the UK and back in training with the boys. Um, obviously, everyone's looking forward to building on, on the work we've done at Essex in the last few years been quite a 2019 hasn't it um probably at the start of the year you could no no way have envisaged the success in the county championship and, and even more so in the vitality blast what was it like uh look i think we set our, our aims quite high definitely in terms of, of red ball cricket and it was a big focus to turn things around in white ball cricket we feel like we haven't um made up to our potential in the last few years and obviously with simon coming in as the new captain there was a lot of hope and, and there was certainly a sense that we would improve mm-hmm. um but obviously the way it all you know escalated towards the back end of, of that comp and then the county championship going down to the wire as well certainly the most exciting and most successful season i've been involved with the club and it's uh, 
it, it truly was a great year, you know, for everyone involved, for, for the manner the guys went about doing their work, uh, for the way guys chipped in, particularly the new guys in, in the 2020 stuff. It was a very memorable year. Yeah, I mean, finals day. Uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, both at the club and, and supporters, and just everyone just talks about finals day. What an incredible experience that was. And then leading down to Taunton a few days later. Um, it was almost like Dreamsville, really, wasn't it? Well, it's great that there's such enthusiasm for the club. Uh, you know, we've got a great following in Essex, and I guess at the end of the day, our sort of duty as players is to provide those special moments because <laughs> they do follow the club, and, and they are few and far between. Uh, we know as a sport, you know, cricketers suffer a, a lot of failure, and, and the, the moments of, of euphoria and you know the, the, the cherishable moments are few and far between. And, um, certainly, finals day was probably the pinnacle for us. You know, just getting there was a, a big thing. It's, it's been such a long hiatus since we've been to to finals day, and, and just to get there and, and the way the the cards fell, we we kind of felt we had a good chance to win. The wickets uh, played into our hands. They were, they were slow turning wickets, and you know, the guys who, who could have performed in, in that role really turned up on the day. And, and like you say, it's, it's probably the most memorable day in, in my time at the club. Yeah, I mean, even as you said before, the youngsters and guys like Aaron Nidger really sort of stepped up to the plate that day. It was it was incredible, and I think also yeah, he, he got thrown his debut, uh, or certainly his, his first go in this competition uh, on the morning of finals day. You know, it was a <laughs> last minute decision to include him. Obviously, the wicket demanded we play another spinner, and, and he was certainly instrumental in, in winning that semi final by getting Wayne Matson out. Yeah. Um, so you know, can, can only imagine what a special day it was for someone like him. Oh, uh, I mean. It was it, what struck me at the end was just it. It was really clear the bond that you guys as players have with the fans. I mean, it was it was. I mean, to see just the look of you know elation on everyone's faces, and it, it was almost like it was one big family pulling together. There was a lot of Essex support there, and everyone stayed on at the end. Um, but just to see everyone celebrating together, it was it was it was a, a really magical moment. Yeah, there is that. Uh, like I said, you know, we, we do essentially play for the fans and, and the people who follow the club and the people who are involved with the club. Um, so it's always nice to, to bring that excitement to those people. And if I'm being honest, there was a sort of a level of, what's the right word, not revenge, but um, you know, early in the season, particularly in the one-day comp, mm -hmm. uh, the team copped a lot of criticism and right. abuse, which, which I strongly disagreed with. And uh, I think it's very easy to judge on, on results and no, no one's ever prepared to accept that sometimes you come up against a better team and, and sometimes you're just not on your day. And I took that quite personally at the start of the year. So, you know, for me to... Someone who always believes in those boys, I've never doubted them once, you know, mm -hmm. to, to then turn things around and by hook or by crook winning the, the T20 trophy, and obviously the first time in the, in the history. For me, it was, if I'm being dead honest, was a, a bit of a fingers up at, at those people who, you know, spoke out against people like Maga. Yeah, you know the young guys who haven't played much white ball cricket. For me, it was justification of, of sticking with those guys, and you know those guys showing what I knew all along. I think it's it's one of the modern day perils of social media, and uh, you know I noticed on on some of the Facebook and Twitter forums some of this abuse that was going on from people that I'd never heard of or had never seen at a game or didn't even think they were, you know, plastic fans if you want to use that word. But um, there's no need for it really, and I don't know why people feel they can be so brave uh, and and so. <laughs> So rude, basically. It's a fine line. I mean, obviously, we don't want to censor, uh, you know, people with their opinions, and, and no one's immune to criticism. So it's often a good thing. But you know, some of it bordered on uh, unfair 
um, yeah. criticism. I mean, particularly Mike, I don't know why it stands in my head, but you know, someone who took over at a, a very difficult time, he was new to the job, and you know, you, you, one minute you're saying sack the guy, and in the same year he's uh, produced two trophies, which is uh, <laughs> unprecedented in the history of the club. So, you know, I think it just takes a bit of restraint from, from those people, and I also think it's important to call it out. Uh, you know, you should never be a spectator to unfairness or stupidity so certainly for me every time uh, I see something directed at a player which isn't warranted uh, I'm certainly going to put my foot in uh, No and I think amongst the real fans and members that went down really well um, so, so so well done you for taking that stand so um, it's sort of a time for looking back uh, as we end a decade and uh, I know on the Essex uh, Facebook page they've been building the team of the decade uh, of which you are of course um, part of that but it's been a really interesting decade for Essex cricket um, and I sort of think of the low point uh, such as being when we were bowled out for, for 20 runs by Lancashire that time in Division 2. And yeah. to just use that as a yardstick to where the club is now, um, what are the, without necessarily um, naming individuals, but what, what is the, 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 the reasons for, for that happening over that you know, reasonably short period of time really? Okay, can I first pull you up on using that as a yardstick? I'm dead against that because, you know, in isolation, you have those bad days in cricket. So I, I certainly, you know, as a metaphor here, maybe it was the, the low point of, of the club, but I think it's uh, quite unfair to, to signal okay. you know, that out. So I think you get my drift in, in terms of what I mean there. Right. Okay. Uh, but certainly things, things have changed and, you know, that single event wasn't the sort of the tipping moment for things to change. Um, but it's been a, a slow process of, of building on things, um, you know, trimming down the cricket committee, the decision-making at the club. Um, the change of coach was obviously a big thing. You know, Paul done a lot of good work up till, up till that point, but we, we needed a big shift, and uh, Silver's brought that along, you know, more, more in terms of his man management and, and how he wanted guys to view the club. Um, I also think, you know, if, if you're being honest and looking at it fairly, um, myself and Ravi not going away to RPL, I think changing the dynamic of the of the team, having you know senior players available from the start of the championship, I think that was a, a big deal. Um, at the same time, the timing of our top players, you know, coming into their own. You think of guys like Nick Brown, Tom Wesley, uh, even Dan Lawrence and Jamie Porter. Mm -hmm. It, it all kind of just stacked up. Um, so, you know, what things can I point directly to? I think there was a, a, a big mind shift switch in how we viewed Red Bull crickets. I think it's fair to say that you know, certainly my first 10 or even 15 years at the club, we always knew we were a good white ball side. There was a, a lot of energy uh, around T20 being a new competition. Um, you know, obviously on an individual level, there's, there's the riches and, and the fame, so to speak, to be chased. Um, and you know, when when we changed the leadership at the club, myself and Silvers and uh, the other coaches around at that stage, and Ronnie heading up the committee, there was a big move to say, right, we're not a Div Two team anymore. We we're far better than we've produced the last few years. Let's make sure our Red Bull comp, uh, our Red Bull comp skills are good. Uh, and, and I think that happened. And unfortunately, as a result, we took off the white ball stuff a little bit, which is the uh, the drawback of, of the success we have had up to this point. Um, and then I guess, lastly, the, the two big things to point out are the emergence of Jamie Porter from circa 2016 and obviously signing Simon Harm in, in yeah. 2017. You know, you, you can't look past that. It's, of course, the team sport. But 
you know, finally having a, a quality off spinner, not only to you know utilize your three seamers more effectively, but the sheer number of wickets uh, he's taken is is the main reason we, we've been so successful in red ball cricket. Yeah, he's definitely stamped himself as uh, uh, on Essex's history books with uh, with his performances, and I think from uh, it was in, it was impressive as well that. Um, with, with David Masters and Graham Napier and, and James Foster coming to the end of their careers, that um, the team seemed to take all of that in its stride. Where, you know, there were a lot of you know, worried phases around the club, that, oh, how are we going to replace you know, such major players? But you know, in the end, it didn't seem to be um, a setback for the club at all. No, you're right. And uh, again, I think Ronnie Uriani deserves a lot of credit. You know, at that time, we were obviously trying to manage when Dave plays. And, and I'm talking about Dave Masters when he didn't play. Mm-hmm. We knew Naples was going to have one big season. And, you know, Ronnie's attitude was get Sam Cook in there, throw him in, he will deliver. And I think it's fair to say uh, Cookie's been a, a like for like replacement for Dave. He's a similar sort of bowler. He bowls the same amount of overs. You know, he does the same job, uh, low economy rate and, and picks up crucial wickets. That worked out nicely. And then we also got quite lucky in, in bringing the, the reserve list of bowlers in as well. Quinny um, has been a, a good, a good uh, word, squad bowler. Aaron Beard's just come into his own. You know, he's someone who's, who's going to play sort of half the championship games. Um, and then obviously Ports and, and Cookie have led that attack uh, so well. Um, that it's been enough to play three seamers in, in the last couple of years. That's good. Um, and, and particularly Aaron Beard coming back from such a history of terrible injuries, I think is really, really impressive on his part. You mentioned Absolutely. you mentioned yeah. Ravi there. Um, what's it going to be like not having him around the club? Oh, man, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think we'll, we'll slowly realise just what an important part he was. Um, now, obviously, runs and wickets, you, you can always replace them, and, and in a way, it's a, a nice opportunity. We've, we've got two or three young guys who we think are really good enough, uh, Rishi Patel, uh, Michael Pepper, um, Will Bottleman. So we, we, we want to try them, bat, bat them in that middle order. You know, We'll probably free up that slot. But um, no, Rav, Rav, not only what he brought on the field, he was uh, you know, always really funny, always very inclusive. Um, always like talking cricket, so I think those things are going to be missed. And it would take one of the other senior players to step up and fill that gap. He was a good weatherman as well, wasn't he? He is a top weatherman. <laughs> but I don't think he got it wrong in 18 years that I was there. Well, he'll, he'll certainly say that he's a bit of a node all rap, so <laughs> he's very quick to remind you when he gets something right and he sort of. Uh, Glances over it when he gets it wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, as we were talking about before, you know, the club is in such a good place in terms of of how it survives that it can deal with these things. And you know, great players come and go, but there seems to be almost like a conveyable in terms of attitude of people taking up the slack and uh, uh, and replacing these guys. So, yeah, that's right. And I think a big emphasis also has been on you know how the guys view the club, how they view the organisation. We've we've tried to make it more inclusive. Um, look, it's not life and death stuff, but there's still a lot of pride in playing for your county. Um, you know, in playing with ten other guys who have got your back. You always, you know, you feel the onus to deliver every time, or you know, at least give 100 percent effort every time. And like you say, players come and go. And <laughs> um, will be big bits to fill, but certainly in terms of attitude and, and application, guys will step up. Now, 2020 is a big year for cricket. Um, We've got the 100 coming. You're taking part in this with Welsh Fire, is that right? I am, yeah. Um, 
just very quickly, it's it's very exciting competition. Uh, I think uh, the ECB cricket in, in the country needs it. I'm, I know there's a lot of opposition to it. Um, but I left that auction, or certainly after the auction, I felt quite bad. If I look just on our list alone, the, the amount of players that weren't picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I expressed my opinion to the lad. I, I thought um, we were sold something different, certainly from our chatting with the, the PCA um, you know it, it might have been us not doing our homework but uh, you know certainly the amount of guys have missed out it, it kind of feels like there's more um, have not than have and, and that's a little disappointing so hopefully that works itself out over the next few years but it's going to be a great competition in terms of, of excitement and, and the quality of players that are there and, and the guys that are involved and looking forward to it I think it'd be good for the sport because I mean the main thing is that there'll be a lot more free to air um, cricket on TV with this and also the test highlights coming back to BBC Two. Um, and I think that's going to, you know, when I talk to the kids um, that are involved at Billerooki Cricket Club, all the cult section, I ran a bit of a survey amongst them about what they thought about the 100. They were all super excited about the whole thing. Um, and I think if we're looking for the future of the game and we want to attract the kids, this seems to be hitting the right notes so far. I mean, I, th- I think you're right. It's not perfect, but as long as they learn the lessons as they go, um, then I think it'd be in a good place um, down the line. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think you know every sport needs to adapt. Um, times are changing. Uh, times very valuable. People don't necessarily have eight hours to give to the sporting pursuit anymore. So in, in terms of that, it's very good. Um, I think the backlash that I've seen or the opposition is, is generally from older, more traditional county yeah, exactly. followers. And, and my only concern is that the, the county game isn't uh, detrimented by the, by, the new, by the new competition. We shall wait and see. Now, just before I let you go, Ryan, have you got a message to all these youngsters that, that are listening? There's a lot of, uh, of Colts players and, uh, and young fans listening to our show. So have you got a message for them for 2020? For 2020 for the year 2020? Oh, or for going forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, look, I think, um, you know, for the guys that are very serious about it, don't get too caught up in, in the actual cricket side of things, you know, cricket and sport mirrors life. There's so many good things to take out of being involved in the cricket team, you know, how you conduct yourself, how you how you rise to challenges, how you deal with setbacks and, and not achieving those challenges. Um, but, you know, if you, if you stay true to yourself and, and you, you introspect and, and you decide you really want to do it, you know, cricket's one of those sports that you get your rewards you know if you, if you put in the hours you, you get better um so so just really have a think if, if, if it really is for you if you are prepared to to put in more hours than the guy next to you um and if you adopt the right attitude and, and the right training methods you um you'll almost invariably rise to the top every time excellent advice ryan always always a pleasure and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to us on 98 night out and um we look forward to seeing you back on the pitch Cheers, Darren. Nice to chat about all this. Thank you.
That was Mojo and Lady hearing tonight. Uh, now I've got to say, um, a lot of people don't always get Ryan. He, he, he's because he's quite softly spoken. He, he doesn't speak out loads. Um, but what he says, he, he really is a great interview. If you if you can actually dig in and listen to him, it's a South speak. African trait. I think a lot of people struggle with South Africans because they have that's just part of their nature. Um, and as you say, when you listen, there's a lot of stuff that he's been talking about in the interview, which. Yeah. Uh, very, uh, really, really good. The, the few times we've interviewed him now, he's, he's always good. And the times I've sort of spoken to him at Essex and that, um, I know it's hard always at the top <laughs> what questions to ask, but he, he is really, really good. Um, when, when you get him talking about cricket, um, fascinating. He cares yeah. so much and he cares so deeply about the club. And, um, you know, passion gets banded around quite a lot in sport, but I would definitely say Ryan is a great example of someone that is, is passionate about what he's doing and uh, he does I mean without looking obvious he does wear his heart on his sleeve quite a lot and yeah. you know he does take offence at things and yeah. he does take things personally and in a sense maybe he shouldn't he should, he should learn from it otherwise but you know what, what people say and what they mean he, he does like to defend himself and he does like to defend positions as he did with you there about you know where you know what's gone on but it was true I mean I think he was right in what he said there that actually they never really focused on red ball cricket it was all white ball cricket yeah and if you went to all those members meetings um, sort of five six seven years ago yeah it was um, that was what it was all about and it was the fast you know the the turnaround was as he said with him and Ravi suddenly playing it was also Alistair Cook's availability more as he stopped playing one day cricket uh, some of the guys coming through and it, it just all fell into place nicely and hey on we've gone uh, so some more news um, the West Indies have beaten Ireland did you watch that last night 
Oh, it was, it was last night. It was crazy, wasn't it? Well, they beat Granada to clinch the home one-day series. It's their first home one-day series win since 2014. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a good series as well, quite entertaining. Um, at the age of 36, Dwayne Bravo has been recalled to the T20 squad as well. Did he get 10 grand a game? I'm not sure. <laughs> he was looking a bigger lad than I remember him last time he was... Uh... Well, when you get older, you do spread out a little bit sometimes. Uh, all those franchise yeah. wages, I suppose. Um, and while Jason Holder's being arrested for it um, but Ireland did extract some revenge winning the first oh T20 uh, great game Ireland posted 154 for the first wicket uh, before being and I'm going to use this term loosely reduced to 208 because <laughs> uh, it looked like at one point they were going to get 250 didn't they well, Paul put, yeah, Sterling put, put nine, some... 95 or 47 balls or something yeah I mean, um, put some context. They set a world record in batting power play of getting yeah. 93. That 150-something was off 12-point-something overs. They really did look like 250 was on the cards there. Um, and the West Indies nearly pulled off a great win, didn't they? Yeah. They were, they, they, It's all on, but uh, last over with Josh Little, uh, they needed 12 off the final over, five wickets in hand. Uh, Rutherford went first ball, who'd got 26 off 12 prior That's to right. that. Yeah. Um, so they still needed 12 off of five, a, a six and a two from Bravo, but yeah. down to four off of three. Um, <laughs> but then a, a dot ball, a wicket and a dot ball to finish it. And well done to Ireland for a, another memorable win. This is a great series. And the next one's on Saturday night. Um, make sure you find time and look at the schedule. There are three, uh, there are two more T20s, but Should be it's good because it's, 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 it's really entertaining cricket. They're getting great crowds along, which we haven't seen at West Indies games for a long time. You know, there's a real party atmosphere in the stands. There's singing and dancing and blowing of whistles and conch shells and all the rest of it. Yeah, they are good. So um, Chris Gow has announced that he'd like to play until he's 45. I'm presuming that's if someone pays him. <laughs> um, but he's, well, he's not retired. He sort of retired and then he revoked it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think as long as people are paying him, he's going to play on, isn't he? It's as simple as that. And yeah. the, the point where no one picks him up, it's going to be time. Are we going to see him in a, in a test match again, do you think? No, we won't see him in a test match. I think you'll only see him in T20 or franchise cricket or T10. Not even an ODI? T- I don't think you'll see him in ODIs anymore. I think that'll be, that they'll move on there. Um, uh, he's been playing for the Chattergram Challengers out in the BPL and in the BPL Essex man Mohamed Amir took yeah. 6 for 17 to put the Kalana Tigers in the final tomorrow it's his first 5 wicket haul in T20 cricket and a record for the BPL yeah I don't think there's been a 6 wicket haul in the BPL um, so far so congratulations and I've noticed um, our old friend Arfan's been out there getting amongst it unusual for Arfan being and unusual yeah. for Arfan taking a few selfies and putting no, them on Facebook never would have known that from Arfan I'm very <laughs> unusual for him uh, India are hosting Australia in the one day series and uh, their biggest wow, effort yeah. defeat in the opening game wow. by 10 wickets in Mumbai um, David Warner and Aaron Finch both hit unbeaten centuries as Australia chased down India's 255 in just 37 overs <laughs> Uh, second mat is in uh, Rajkot tomorrow. Um, you've got a bit of a stato there for I us as well. I have got a stato. So it's great. This is really interesting. Um, since the start of 2013, India and Australia have met each other 28 times. This is ODIs, right? Both teams have won 13 games each with two games washed out. In this period, the two teams have competed in three series each, home and away, and both teams have won three each. Remarkably, the results of those series were also similar. India and Australia have each won a home series 4-1. India beat Australia in Australia 
2 1 in 2018, and Australia returned the favour by coming back from 2 0 down to win 3 2 in India in 2019. Interestingly, they've both also won one World Cup match against each other over the same period. So that's incredible that they played each other so many times uh, in just seven years. 28 times in seven years. Just, just amazing. Yeah. Now, sticking with Australia, um, I don't know if you've seen... I've, I've put this on the Facebook page, so um, if you're listening and you haven't seen this, um, there is a documentary coming out on Amazon Prime in March... Um, which is about the Australian um, Ashes tour in England last summer. And I think they're calling it The Test. And they put a sort of a teaser, which I put on the Facebook page, and it looks absolutely I've got to say to Amazon, they, they have done some really good behind-the-scenes documentary. I think there's, um, they've done one on the Man City, ones, they've yeah. done a Leeds one. Uh, they do quite a few of the NFL ones as well. Take a that look at this. It should be really good. The, the clip they've put, on, uh, they've put out at the moment is from Lords. And it's the moment when Joffre Archer is bowling at Steve Smith, and of course, yeah, when he when he hits him, and it's just incredible. There's no commentary. There's no. It's just watch this and yeah. see what happens. They, and they've got mics on people and whatever else. They're yeah. very good with very very clever with that. Um, ICC Under 19 World Cup is underway. It could be a few names. Stars of the future. Watch. Yeah. Um, Especially it was just a tri-series uh, between England, India and Bangladesh uh, played at Billericay this year, wasn't there? Yeah, that was um, that was really good. Um, and uh, the standard was, was phenomenal. There was, there was a few um, Bangladeshi quickies that stood out. Uh, and these are, these are young kids. And um, it was amazing to have that thing locally. There was a lot of good local support. A lot of people came down just to see um, the standard that was on show. And I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised. And what was really good at the end of it was um, the Indian... Um, Coach invited some of the Billericay Colts bowlers to come and um, have a go at uh, some of the batsmen. Um, nice to see. Didn't let themselves down. Um, Shane Warne, we mentioned this last week. Shane Warne's baggy green uh, for the wickets for. Um, oh, the bushfire. The, the wickets for wildlife appeal. His baggy green went for over one million Aussie Incredible. dollars, which is fantastic. Um, but Essex Cricket are also raising money for the Wickets for Wildfire appeal. Great, uh, several great. players have got match-worn shirts up for auction. Uh, Tendo's one, isn't he? Yeah, the players will also put a personal message on the shirt if desired. Um, all the info is available on the Essex website, essexcricket.org. Uh, auction runs out next Friday. Uh, current prices, that was a bit earlier on this evening, they may have changed since. Sam Cook T20 shirt, £83. All right. Tom Wesley shirt, £175 and 2p. Mm. I like that 2p, it's a cheeky bit there. <laughs> Nick Brown's shirt, £103. Right, okay. Tendo shirt, £201 and 26 pence. Of Someone course. raided their piggyback. Yeah. Peter Siddle shirt, 360 quid. Wow. Um, and Alistair Cook's shirt, £670. All, uh, all being won by the same person, apparently. Moots in Essex. I don't know who that is. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny these uh, rumours. No, I don't know. That. You, you, <laughs> you've not been on any of them yet, have you, Darren? Not yet. But, you know, with an auction, you just sort of wait. Yeah. Until... I mean, the Alice, the cookie shirt, that could get up to nearly a grand, couldn't it? That's, again, yeah. good of the club to raise some money for it. Now, if you, if you like us and you've been following the uh, the events of the 100, great news. The uh, <laughs> tickets were due to go on sale last Wednesday, and they didn't. Why? Well, apparently they just didn't. They, they've, had de- <laughs> they've had to delay them. They're going on have sale. They, have they had rethink about the uh, pricing? So, when I say last Wednesday, it was meant to be yesterday. I'm a bit with my days. Um, yeah, they're now going on sale next Wednesday. I'm not really sure clear why or not, but there you go. Uh, tickets for Essex members for the 100 games of the London Spirit are meant to go on sale. Um, 
But Essex members have been given a first access to tickets with Why? a dedicated pre-sale Why? window from the 15th to the 31st of January. So it's now the 22nd. That's what I think the 6th of February. Members will be able to purchase up to four tickets with 50% discount for all men's and women's games played at Lords, and up to six tickets with a 50% discount to women's games played at the County Ground Northampton. Funny it doesn't mention the games at Essex, but there you go. Um, or at Billericay, where the women's uh, London Spirit are playing, aren't they? Uh, no, they're playing their games at Essex. Oh, sorry. They're, they're, oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah, using Billericay to train, exactly, aren't they? Sorry, but, yeah. yeah, they're playing the but games. But I thought they, were, they weren't going after traditional cricket fans with this. They were going after this new market, which no one knew about. <laughs> This new yeah, market of cricket it, fans that were. Why have they been delayed a week as well? It's a, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's all very strange, isn't it? But um, anyway, if you are an Essex member, or I, I imagine this is going to be the same for all counties, if you are a member and you, you are going to go along to the 100. If you're um, overseas, can you. Uh, I, I think you get. I th- yeah, I think you get good prices. I think like, you get a family of four with a discount for about 25, 30 quid. So, That's not bad. You know, if you want to take the kids, it's going to be. I imagine it's going to be good fast cricket. There's a lot of decent players. Um, as Tendo mentioned, quite a lot of county players didn't get picked up. I think it didn't really allude to the fact there were so many Colpack players, but I did raise that at the time. <laughs> there was a lot, a lot of Colpack players. Yeah, and there were. Whilst you consider Colpack players, county players as such, I felt there was a lot of English talent that missed out, and I, I felt that there should have been some sort of inclusion there that at least X amount of the players were did I, English Did I read qualified. something about the Australians maybe being withdrawn from it? Australians might well be getting withdrawn from it as well, apparently. Yeah. So, um, who knows? It could, it could end up more players in there so anyway. So, if you've, if you've paid up to take the wife and kids to go and watch Steve Smith or David Warner... Well, they've, having, they've had to move um, the Zimbabwe tour um, for one reason or another, and it now looks like it's going to be played at that time. So, it's right. up to Australia whether they want to, these players there for it or whether they'll give other people a chance who, you know, and say to the guys, look, you're earning a few quid, go and earn a few quid. Mm. Um, so it will see uh, one other little bit of news before we go as we are yet again running out of time Ravi Ashwin will join Yorkshire for eight games straight after the IPL he's replacing Maharaj who's uh, not going to be available who Isn't else it? is already there from India at, at Yorkshire he's joining someone isn't he um I think they play county championship at different times. So right, okay. That, that's how that one works. Um, but don't forget, we are growing fast. Keep spreading the word and we're trying to hit a thousand likes on our page very, very soon. Share it with your friends and on your own Facebook pages. Tell the world. Uh, and don't forget the Apple podcast <coughs> if you've missed tonight's show live. Uh, yep. Go to the phoenixfm.com website. You can find the whole library of our archives with our all-star interviews and we've been asking you all to like Phoenix FM as well as us so if you can Absolutely. do that as well don't forget Orient Hour coming up next and then 50 Shades of Chay from everyone here play straight play great cheers 98 Not Out sponsored by Shepherd Neen proud supporters of cricket in Essex Um...
Duh. Let's go. 